0: You are listening to Claret and Blue, an
1: Aston Villa podcast, brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. My name is Dan Rowens and I'm joined by a I'm in a good mood for a change, Matt Kendrick. Matt, how are you? Apart from being in a good mood.
0: I'm absolutely buzzing, mate. I'm absolutely fuzzy. Cristiano Ronaldo, Alex Ferguson, <laughs> Nick Hucknall, Chesney from Crossroads, Mark Goldbridge. Can you hear us? Your boys took one hell of a beating. <laughs> a bit Welsh, I didn't, I a bit Welsh rather than Norwegian. I'm buzzing, I'm absolutely buzzing. waited for a really tell. really really long time for this Dan. really really long time. How old are you?
1: Well, that was well my first kind of port of call to get get out of the way of the elephant in the room. Uh, you know what? Quick early shout out from McDale. We're not even 60 seconds into a podcast, and McDale's getting a shout out. He was sat in front of me today. Can you believe that? No, McDale.
0: The... just beat Man United. No, no, no. For the first <laughs> of 27 years. He's a lovely fella, but
1: he, but he was sat in front of day me, day. and we, we were chatting throughout the game. Um, and he said about well, you know, it'd been 27 years and all this kind of thing, 1995. And I just went on early and just went, I wasn't even born the last time we beat Man United at home. When were you, um, were you born
0: in 95?
1: I was born in November, yeah. So I was. I was on the way in August, but I, I hadn't quite popped out just yet. Um, so let's get that elephant out of the room. The last time we beat Man United, I wasn't even born. And quick quiz question. I've actually done some prep. Do you want to guess how many of the starting eleven today for Aston Villa were also not born? I didn't that game born?
0: 95.
1: <laughs> Who also weren't born then? Oh, I
0: thought you were going to ask me something easy, like the scorers back then or something. On well, the flip side,
1: who, who were born? There was four... Uh, four players were alive the last time from, the starting, United. from the starting 11 that played today yeah. Oh, a, easy, older than, who's older than 27 yeah is Martinez is he older than
0: 27
1: Martinez yeah that's one well, we need to hurry this up a little bit <laughs> is,
0: is Mings now
1: Mings is also older than 27 yes
0: oh blimey 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 Luca Dean
1: Luca Dean yeah one more and this one is on the cusp because he was also born in nineteen ninety five, the December, I think.
0: Would it be Donko? Is he that? It would
1: saying? yeah, is the other one. Good one. Who will also be turning? What am I this year? Are I twenty seven this year. Yeah 27. yeah, 27 this year. Bendonka is also 27 this year in uh, December, I think it is. So those are the four players that were actually alive the last time. Ashley Young also is one that um, he didn't start today. I don't know why I've gone early with the quiz, to be honest. That's not what the hell, how I thought this podcast was going to start. Oh, no, but no.
0: It doesn't have to be a structure, does
1: it? It's uh, Yeah, the, the hoodoo of not uh, not being able to beat uh, Man United at Villa Park... Um, is over at last. Obviously, yeah. People in the comments saying uh, Danny Ings, yeah. Also older than twenty seven, but starting ever Uh Yeah, so that's out of the way now. Good start for the new manager, isn't it? Not just beating Man United in terms of the isolation of that being a good result in, in this season, but getting that hoodoo out of the way as well. Good, good start for Emery. That.
0: Yeah, got a like, lot. We just got to build the statue, get it done. Yeah, get it done. You know, gold it completes the double on, on Thursday night at Old Trafford in the Cup, then, you know, the freedom of the freedom of Birmingham should be his, I think. Uh, I did fear for him when I was walking to the ga- game today and he's actually hammering it down of rain. I'm thinking, you've left Spain <laughs> to come here. <laughs> uh, but hopefully the welcome that, that Villa Park gave him uh, and how his players, you know, reciprocated will vindicate his decision. It's a really, really exci- exciting, important start, Dan. I was probably a little bit doom and gloom in the sense that I was almost prepared to give him a free hit for these next three games. If we don't get anything, at least he's got a pre-season effectively and a chance to really get stuck into um to the squad. Mm. But, you know, three points from 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 that that fixture. And I thought we thoroughly deserved it as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Well absolutely brilliant. Mm.
1: Yeah, let's um, try and do this chronologically to a, to a certain extent. I did say I wanted to touch on Emery's press conference, but we'll leave that till the end because I don't know whether we actually will talk about it. So let's go back to team news first of all. Um, Luca Dean comes comes back in for Ashley Young, which possibly raised a couple of eyebrows, but um, didn't have a great, I mean, nobody had a great second half against Newcastle, to be fair, but Ashley Young and, and Al Morano, and I think Murphy was playing up against him at some point as well. Ashley Young struggled against Newcastle, so Dean coming back and being fit as... Essentially, first, draws left-back paid a lot of money for him. you know, Isn't um, out of the realms of, of possibility of going, well, yeah, Dean should be starting games. And he's vindicated by scoring the free kick as well, by the way. Um, what did you think of the line when it first dropped through? Emery's first one. Ramsey back into the fold as well. Uh, Martinez, captain. Um, Martinez keeps the captaincy. Ar- armband, by the way, even though John McGinn comes on, which hasn't happened before. Normally, when John McGinn comes on, he gets the armband who I've, who I've, off whoever has it. Um, but yeah, starting uh, starting eleven, his first one. What did you make of it at one o'clock?
0: Legends, mate. My favourite eleven players ever. All of them. <laughs> um, yeah, he uh, can ultimately only pick from that squad of twenty five players. You know, really. Yeah. Or you know the academy kids who are knocking around the edges of it. I thought it was. I thought it was interesting that McGinn. Stayed on the bench. Um, he clearly had in his own mind what he thought could win that team, and he was he was completely vindicated by it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know whether I don't think there's any any real surprises in it, but we don't know what he's seen, do we? Um, mm. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if you know we've got a cup game next anyway at Old Trafford. But I'm not necessarily. I wouldn't guarantee that starting eleven would start away at Brighton. You know what I mean? I think he is going to be a horses-for-courses manager. And I hark back to the, the interview that um, that John did with Gwilym um, Balagay um, that's still available for people to to watch um, exclusively on Clare and Blue YouTube. Um, and is that, you know, he, he can't be defined by one system. He's defined by his flexibility and his adaptability and his in-game management. So, mm-hmm. you know, whatever I thought about it at 1 o'clock, <laughs> by, by, by quarter past two. Um, I was pretty excited
1: about it. Oh, well, There's a comment here from Andy, and I didn't see this because I was in stadium with very little service whatsoever, saying you've got a trusted team section. I read so many comments moaning about it. It's annoying. I don't really get the kind of pre-match. I mean, we do previews and stuff, which again... I've never been a huge fan of because you, you're guessing a lot of the time, I think this might happen, I think that might happen. And it's the same with team news. You can see a, a lineup where you think, oh, I'm not convinced by that and they win. And other times you just think, oh, the perfect perfect lineup, and, and you lose or you're 3-0 down at half-time or something silly. So I don't really get this kind of polarising, oh, what a rubbish team, Emery out, whatever, and then you go on to do something. It's just, let's see what happens first before we get carried away. Um, but just on the system and the kind of tactical flexibility that you just mentioned, in the second half, particularly, and towards the end of the game, I don't know what system we were playing anyway. We made five subs. Then Donker's playing like a, a, a target man up front, number 10 kind of roaming yeah. player. Leon Bailey's played a lot of the game up front as the second striker, I think, drifting in from the right-hand side and, be, and being near, near Ollie Watkins. John McGinn comes on, almost like a number 10 as well. So I kind of thought, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Emery's kind of four-two-three-one and two pivot midfielders and, and wide men coming in. I thought you might look at it and go, well, there's the two, there's the three, there's the one up front. But like I said, in the second half and towards the end of the game, it's just like it seemed like there were players everywhere. And I know, I know that comes with kind of confidence in you three one up at that point, but they were closing down every ball. They were kind of swarming all over the, the shop together. And you kind of wonder how we've we been able to do that in my four training sessions Emory's had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, if they've done one every single day. It's such a shifting kind of identity already that. You wonder what what will we see from a new side twelve months down the line, not not four training sessions in.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's that is the really exciting prospect, and I think you know to add to your players all over the place. Edwin Edwidge Conza went on, on, on the yeah, yeah. Of driving, driving runs in the last twenty minutes of the game. Uh, I tell you what, what struck me, and I uh, very nervous for the the first couple of minutes. The real commitment to play out from the back, mm. and you know. The thing, the thing that the thing that I noticed, or that, that that resonated with me, was it was almost don't force the issue of this football match. Don't force the issue. If you can exert an element of control over it and keep the ball and try and build up spells of possession, then eventually, eventually, there will be moments that you can pull the, pull the opposition apart, and then you can go, then you can go after them, then you can mm. bring everybody into action like that, and. I thought that was the case. There was a couple of times, I think, it, it, even when we're nil-nil, Martinez, you know, got his foot on the ball, hadn't he? You know, on the edge of the box and almost inviting Ronaldo to come yeah. just so he could then have an angle to give it Mings. And, you know, if Mings was closed down. I mean, I, I looked at Martinez today and he is, he's such, I don't know, he's such a likeable, as oh, a player, yeah. he's such a likeable, lovable player. And some of his passing range—I don't know if we've said this before—but I think he's the Argentinian Sid Cabans because <laughs> he was pinging, pinging, kind of little, kind of crossfields when the when the, the short ball wasn't on, he, he'd ping it into the fullback. Um, and but also, thought- let's not
1: forget that D- Gerard effectively stopped that because there was a period when Martinez first came; his distribution was excellent, and he'd start counterattacks yeah. by a long throw oh, or yeah. a nice kick down to a fullback on the halfway line, yeah. and that stopped in the last I don't know, six to ten. To- 10 months under Gerald so he was clearly actively being told not to do that um, just on the playing out from the back thing me and my dad always say about like you know, kind of that nervy you know, what if we do make a mistake here or what if we do something stupid and you know, we're asked to be like, you know, we'll roll it into our own net or something yeah. when it works though you can see why people do it you, you draw Man United in for that first goal and, and ping up a ball and you you through basically and there's a few occasions throughout this afternoon where you're two or three passes away from carving open Man United at home and you think but yeah, where's this been for the last year I think think it's
0: going to be a test of all of us in the next couple of years, potentially of how brave we're prepared to be. I don't mean brave by playing gunko football, but for me, if Emery's insisting that we play like that and you're right, played played effectively, it does eventually open teams up. You move them around and you you Mm. find spaces to, to, you know, to, to hit and to threaten. But, to become proper, you know, I thought we did it well today, but to be properly proficient in that, there probably will be a couple of mistakes yeah, along the way happen. because you need to keep playing it to get better at it. And mm. so it's, and I think there's always times
1: you've, it. I've thought, oh, we haven't got the players to do this. Just pump it long, just keep it simple, don't do anything silly. But like you say, with practice and with a manager that that will implement that properly, it is an effective form of attack, effectively from defense.
0: Yeah, and he will bring in players. You know, the ones who can yeah. do it will stay with him and yeah. he'll make them better, hopefully. The ones who can't, he'll replace them with better players who can. Hopefully, that's the plan. But I almost think it's a little bit of what we may need to be and how we need to see his, his reign completely as well. Mm. S- speaking to the, the, the fellow next to me, chewing his ear off today, and saying, three years, I know he signed a four and a half year contract. Let's say three years from now, I think if we trust Unai Emery, he will have Aston Biller. In a better league position, so we'll be higher up the table. But not only that, he would be able to have set the club up, so it's in a better mm. position and it yeah. can go back going forward. Now, that's not just say that that's that's not to say we can't forgive him. We can't ex- we can excuse maybe every single mistake he, longs, uh, he makes along the way. Of course, there'll be things like that, but it's how much we hold our nerve as a fan base and how much the board hold their nerve and mm. how much the owners hold their nerve. This guy will make our club better, but we've got to be a bit braver during the tough times. Um, Mm. We've got to try and almost, you know, suspend our frustration a little bit.
1: Yeah. There's a comment here from uh, Dave. This is a point we talked about after Brentford. Did Martinez win the toss again and attack the Holt first? And We talked about it in the Brentford podcast that Martinez was captain that day and changed, well, we changed it at kickoff. Was that Martinez's decision? I said the Brentford goalkeeper had the sun in his eyes in the first half, so possibly it was Martinez that won it and thought, you know what, you're going to have the sun in your eyes. I'm going to change it. Now, again, I don't know whether Martinez won it today, but it seems like no coincidence that the same captain plays two home games in a row and we happen to, to switch ends again. I quite fancy this attacking the whole end thing first because it's, it's worked so far that we're scoring goals early in games. So if that is a, a, like a conscious choice from Martinez to switch it, it's working, isn't it? Maybe this is where we've been going wrong this whole time.
0: Well, I don't, I don't know whether it was Martin as it won the toss, but the interesting thing for me is that as an old Villa traditionist, I used to hate attacking the whole ten first first half because I used to think that you need to attack the, the whole 10 second half so they can get you over the line. And maybe that mm. is a negative thing because you can the first, 10 10 first <laughs> time and get yourself into a 2-0 <laughs> lead in 10 minutes. And I saw John Terry got involved in... Um, a a Twitter conversation with a couple of Villa fans uh, Mm. after the, the Brentford game. And he, he said, I would prefer, you know, uh, having come to Villa park as an opposition player many times, as well as being involved as a, as a Villa player and coach, I would, I would always prefer to kick towards the whole 10 second half as a opposition player, because I think the whole ten can get into you quite early Mm. in the first half. And then, uh, you know what I mean? And intimidate you a little bit. So it's, um, it's an interesting one, just on the uh, Martinez as well. He seems sizing up the free kick.
1: Yeah. Uh, just, Dean scored from. Yeah, just very quickly, as a comment from Mark here, It says that apparently Ronaldo won the toss, according to Sky. Whether that's true or not, I'm not sure, right. but whatever. Maybe a coincidence, but Ronaldo yeah, won for so lost. far. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like in front of us, Martinez uh, kind of sizing up where to position the, the, the <laughs> wall for Dean's free kick or where to position the Villa players in the wall. And as he was doing it, I thought... This is like untapped knowledge, essentially, for goalkeepers to <laughs> get involved in that, yeah. because he's looking at that thinking, well, if I was defending this free kick, I wouldn't want the Villa player or the opposition player stood there, so I'm going to go and stand right in line with Dean taking the free yeah. kick on the halfway line, and I'll tell you where to go for what I wouldn't like to defend against. Yeah. And then he's running down, celebrating, put like laughing at the dugout as he goes back to his own goal. He's like, running all the way across with his head like that, like proper fist bump into Austin McPhee, and, and then right, down there Arthur in the dugout.
0: He's going to get nervous now, because there's Martinez, completely taking his job. I don't be surprised to see Austin McPhee turn up a body more with some goalie gloves. Um,
1: I'm, I'm so yeah, another little great bit of uh, kind of gamesmanship or you know, the dark arts or whatever you want to call it uh, to kind of get involved in that as a goalkeeper and as the captain and you know, whether, how, how much effect that's had on it. I'm not so sure because it, yeah. it's a good free kick as well. But yeah, just again, a n- nice little, you know, if I'm doing a, a piece of things that happen during the game away from the, yeah. from the actual match itself, that would be one thing that I'd highlight as a, that what an interesting quirk that was.
0: Yeah, you know another interesting quirk, which I don't know. It's fairly it, fairly it bizarre when when the thing started playing catch with the ball.
1: Yeah, that I first the ball. Half, I can't uh, Second, I think.
0: <laughs> just had a game with catch for about a minute, and you could just see. Uh, I think it was Ronaldo getting more and more upset oh, and yeah. up It's
1: good uh, that, isn't it? Upsetting Ronaldo. Yeah, it's
0: brilliant. That was one of the um, that was one of the byproducts of the victory. That was. Uh, was hilarious. Was it? Was it when he was complaining, he was calling for a, a corner, and it, we gave the, the referee finally gave something our way and gave a mm. gave a goal kick, and the Halton started chanting, chanting Sue <laughs> a team in a minute, which I thought yeah. was uh, I thought was very amusing.
1: Yeah, love stuff like that. A little Mings Ronaldo spat or whatever you want to call he it. Not
0: well. it back either. What happened?
1: No, I've not. He like, kind of saw it at the corner of my eye unfolding, a little bit of. Barge, I don't know who started it. I think they were both booked, weren't they? Which is the, the standard kind of refereeing. I mean, we've got VAR to intervene now if there were anything worse. more. And they did check it in there for violent conduct. But I don't know who for in the stadium which just said violent conduct. So I thought, well, it's probably against Mings, isn't it? No, Man United and Aston Villa. If there's VAR intervening, it'll be to our... you know, to our uh, yeah, that was it. To, to Man United's back. benefit. Um, but yeah, I think both got booked. So I don't know what came from it. But again, I thought, well, if he's not sent off Ronaldo for that, he's wound up. And I like that. Yeah, just Ronaldo being wound up and upset and looking like he might cry in a minute and flailing his arms around or whatever, that's yeah. worth it alone.
0: Well, that's probably... Well, I say probably. We'll probably end up drawing him in the FA Cup. Um, that's <laughs> probably the last time we're going to see Ronaldo at Villa mm. Park, um, yeah. certainly in a Manchester United shirt. So I'm so glad that he didn't score and I'm so glad that he went home miserable. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, just on Coutinho very quickly... Ash tweeted um, from Emery's press conference that he's injured a uh, quadricep. Something in your leg, I think. Uh, I don't know how long it will be, but today he couldn't play and he's not going to play until after the break. It's a muscular injury. So, I mean, not a huge loss, is it? Katina not being available, to be honest. So we've, we've played our own No, right it's hard. not.
0: But I hope we don't write him off completely.
1: No, I he's hope, got a I fresh start that, like everybody else.
0: Yeah, I hope that um, Emery can... I hope the, he, he gets the break. Yeah. Um, and when he returns, we, we we're able to to find out what makes makes him tick because it'd be mm. such a Villa thing to do to have a player of that quality and for him to just you know disappear um, with with hardly really making his mark. Um, mm. But yeah, he wouldn't have got in that team today, would he?
1: Yeah, if the team is buried without him, I'm not, not really that bothered to be honest. Yeah. Um, like I said, this will be a little bit all over the place. Try to in chronological but we've gone into the game now. Just quickly, the pre match kind of atmosphere and, and stuff around the game. There was the whole end display, um, which looked really good. I wasn't quite sure what it was trying to be at first. Um, was
0: that, there weren't enough people there, were they doing it at first? It looked a yeah. bit...
1: I I imagine those cards have something like, like, hold up when the players come out or something, and people went early, like a couple of minutes before, and there was a few spodges of blue around, and I thought, is this going to be like AVFC, or is it a Lion or whatever, and I was trying to think, what's this going to be?
0: At first, it was like the kind of painting that your kid had painted at nursery, and you said nice things about it, and then by the end, it was like a Picasso masterpiece by the time everybody got the memo. We um, look <laughs> good. The atmosphere was great. The atmosphere it was, was, great.
1: Good, it was great. Yeah, and we've talked about atmosphere a lot on this podcast, and you know, kind of lacking a little bit in that kind of two-way street of the players needing to give us something to cheer, but also we're also needing to kind of bite the bullet and 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 cheer them, cheer them no matter what. Um, but yeah, it was good today, and, and, and no surprises that coincides with one of the, the best results of the season. That is one of the best atmospheres of the season throughout as well.
0: Yeah, it's, it's any football stadium particularly Villa park is at its best when it's a proper mutual appreciation society, yeah. isn't it and, and, and both sides the fans and the and the team are, are, are provide doing their bits uh, again the thing that amused me was when the whole tent called unai Unai you know gives a wave and he was actually pointing directions <laughs> rather than waving but the, the whole tent cheered and went, we- Wee! <laughs>
1: yeah I
0: yeah. <laughs> well, that was funny.
1: Big fan of that. um, um Again,
0: well, the other thing pretty as well, much. Yeah, the John McGinn song came round and we had to remember who his man he was. This time, <laughs> he's been Bruce, he's been Smith, he's been Gerrard, and now he's he's Unai Emery. So.
1: It's a good job that Unai Emery fits the song, isn't it? And it's not every yeah, well, last man bit, or whatever. To be,
0: to be honest, I think I think that's... Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was brilliant. We've had, really, had a really lovely day. Thank you, Dan.
1: Well, again, some again something we talked about on the podcast of and privately as well of... Oh, Villa, Villa Sunday bit of a chore <laughs> and some people look at that and go oh no I always love going to the Villa blah blah and it is you know, going to the football is good the football is the bad thing that, that ruins it usually but you do like, sometimes think oh I've got to watch 90 minutes of Villa today like that that weird drag or whatever but it was nice to be able to look forward to a game and, and be excited about a fresh new era and to come away from it and having a good day uh, at a three points and a performance that was worthy of something you know worthy of the pre-match excitement Um yeah, it's nice to, to come away from Villa Park feeling like that and, and having that kind of optimism for the next game of going, you know what, we might beat at again on Thursday night. That's a nice place to be in.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's just... Um, my dad, when I was walking away from the ground, he said something about, you know, need they to, need to have a serious look at their away form. And I, I was said, Dad, Dad, look, just... <laughs> let's just... <laughs> Why is it wait more, than the, more than a quarter of a century for this one? Let's just at least get home and we'll worry about the next game <laughs> in a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's got everybody with a real a real spring in the step, and I thought the um, jumping all over the place, place a little bit as per. But I thought the Ramsey goal as well was so important. The timing of it, mm. um, well, yeah, I think that ended up winning the game, didn't it? In effect, because it just gave us that little bit of kept them at arms length again, really. Mm. Um, and a, a big a big shout out to to Ollie Watkins today. From I mean, I've been critical critical of Ollie Watkins about some of his approach play. You know, we've all. Not all of us, but lots of us have been critical about his finishing. Uh but the way he held the ball up and managed to manoeuvre it into space and to, to mm. get the move, move rolling for, for Bailey's opening goal was brilliant, brilliant centre forward play. I thought he did really well. Yeah. And then his contribution for the um for the Ramsey goal as well. I don't know am um, I being un- unkind to him, I think he was cutting it back for Buendia, and it just happened. Oh well, it's it was- Put it in
1: the area. Put it in the right area. Yeah, he's uh, put it. He's put it in the right area, at a, a decent weight. And you know, it's if if the goal isn't scored there, I'm not blaming Watkins' ball. I'm blaming no that there the isn't a man running onto it from from midfield. It might might yeah. not have been intended for ben, Wendy or Bailey. So it's a bad pass from Watkins. But I'd expect the midfield runner to be supporting anyway. So McGee and Ramsey, Dendong, whoever should be there to, to steer it home if it is a bad pass. Yeah, I, I'll, mean, I'll give it. I'll give him the credit for it.
0: Yeah, I'm not saying this is down to Emery's turnaround, but we've seen a case where Watkins would have attempted a shot there and it would have, mm. you know, been easily gathered by the, the the goalie or he's hit the ball, hit a low hard ball across a six-yard box that's easily intercepted. So the fact that he's had the presence of mind to turn back inside and to, and to put it into space around the edge of the area, and then Ramsey's just absolutely smashed that, hasn't he? Mm. Um, and I, yeah, I still... An interesting... I, I, At that time when he scored that I thought maybe 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 we'll we'll win this then that kind of feeling went away because I thought no this is still Man United and Hmm. I've seen us blow two goal leads before and then when Anthony Taylor I think had a a dreadful a dreadful game um yeah I think so I think a lot of the decisions I think he was he was keener to book Villa players than he was Manchester United players you know he's probably needed to put a Man United shirt on when he's blocked that pass from, um, was it Ramsey, going out to the... I'm not sure if that
1: counter-attack, yeah.
0: Um, And, yeah, so I just thought there might be a sting in the tower, and then the six minutes goes up for the stoppage time. You're thinking, oh, no, just get this
1: over with. Well, again, I said I mentioned McDowell at the start. He was sat in front of me, and he pulled out his phone with, I don't know, maybe four or five minutes to go, and he starts filming the atmosphere and started to sing LA, LA, LA and all this yeah. kind of stuff because we know we're, we're, we're probably going to win at that point. He turned the camera around to pan up to me and I was like, whoa, whoa, steady on me because still five <laughs> roots left here. They could score two goals. Like, Let's start getting carried away. Uh, but yeah, lovely to, to actually get over the line. Just on the the kind of timing of the goals, I guess, to get those first two pretty early again, kind of sets the precedent, sets the tone of how you want want the game to go. The atmosphere that starts well because of a new manager can continue for the vast majority of the first half. Because bloody hell, we're tuning up against Man United, you know, come to see the Villa, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to the Man United fans. Uh, that kind of us against them mentality. The uh, the Luke Shaw equaliser or the um, Ramsay own goal, I guess it goes down as is peak Man United, isn't it? Peak Aston Villa to to concede in that manner just before half-time as well. You think, if we get to 2-0, that's a a great half reset in the second. But again, something that... I don't know how Emery's managed to sort something in four training sessions or five days of the kind of mentality for Aston Villa to come out in the second half. Leon Bailey skins about two players and gets a shot (laughs) off eight seconds into the second half, which is like, whoa, we've started bang on fire here. But to get, my dad said at half-time, Oh, 50 minutes, it'll be 2-2. You know, that's, that's how this goes. Now we go into a slump. They've had their lucky goal. Something's gone their way. They'll come out, be better in the second half. They might make some changes and it'll be 2-2. And if it goes to 2-2 early, we'll probably lose. That's kind of the Villa versus Man United mindset, isn't it? You just feel like, well, they'll get something eventually. So for us to be the side that goes 3-1 ahead and get that next goal, you know, it's so important, isn't it, at 2-1 to get that next goal. If it goes 2-2, like I said, I think you're probably going to lose. To go 3-1, obviously you're going and win. Um, so for us to get it I it to be a nice kind of team move as well just kind of almost like not sit back and relax because you do still think well it's man United but for us to have two home games in a row now where we've been for large parts of the game been in total control it's an unusual feeling to be honest
0: yeah I mean I was probably normally more like your dad in that sense that you've been stung so many times in these on these occasions that that goal just before halftime was was typical typical Man United. I actually managed to summon up some kind of optimism somewhere, though, when I was chatting at half-time, as if to say perhaps that, perhaps that's a sign that we haven't got the game won, that we've got to reset yeah. and we've got to come out and we've got to win the game second half rather than us, you know, almost resting on our laurels at 2-0. We've got to start this again and we've got to go and do the same thing again. Mm. Um, you know, that, you know, it's probably more, you know, probably wishful thinking because I don't know why, why I thought that would happen, but it <laughs> did happen. Um, and that goal, like I said, that that Jacob Ramsey goal, almost villain knew that, and we told them they've got to go and make that happen because they mm. need. It. I think he's all about control. He's yes. all about being in control of your your own destiny, and mm. that means taking the safe option nine times out of 10, and then on the 10th time, you actually spring the surprise and you go for them, that's fine. Because if you if you concede ground, you concede possession, you're more likely to concede goals. Whereas if you're, yeah. you know, like I said, in control of your own destiny and making the right choices more often than not, you've got more chances of, of, of winning the football match. Um, mm. It's we, the one match, in, you know, It's we've yeah. seen managers come in and win their first fixture, albeit not against Manchester United at Villa Park. <laughs> Um, this is not vintage Manchester United let's face it but they're it's still, it's still a decent team for us to beat
1: I mean they've but, not been vintage Man, vintage Man United for a long time and still managed to still beat us up. every single year at Villa Park or yeah. for not to beat them at Villa Park for 27 yeah. years
0: yeah so I think what I'm saying is I'm so excited and so encouraged by what, by what I've seen mm. well, um, Una and his players have set the bar pretty high now.
1: Well, so... I said, like I said, I wasn't going to get too carried away with any managerial appointment because we've had so many false storms. I want to see you know, some, some some kind of proof at Aston Villa on the pitch to make me go, right, yes, this is the right guy. This will work. And I mean, it's still only one game. But there has been encouraging signs today. We've obviously won. We've, we've got rid of that hoodoo of 27 years of not beating Man United at Villa Park. But it's still early to get Two K a while. I want to see it consistently from Villa, that this is is the right appointment. But it's a bloody good start to to beat Man United on your on your first home game. Let's not let's not get, be um let's get let's not be wrong about that and, and kind of make out it's not a big deal because it is. Um, just going back to the being in control thing. Me and John were speaking about the the masterclass video that Emery did with the coach's voice a couple of years ago about the severe. Liverpool Europa League final. And he's t- it's all in Spanish, so it's subtitled. But he's talking in that about Liverpool scored in the first half and they were one nil down at half time. Um and how like tweaks he had to make at half time to eventually go on and win the game. And obviously Villa aren't one nil down at half time here, but there's that kind of semi sucker punch of the, the Man United goal and, and how that would have affected the dressing room and how it would have affected the dressing room in Villa years of you know, Villa years gone by is well we gave it a good go Manny not it would be better in the second half and kind of shrivel up and and die yeah. in the second half and in that video he talked about how he didn't really change anything tactically it's not it's not about that it's about mentality and about how we how we kind of approach the the second half i don't have to change it in terms of personnel or systems it's about mentality and we've got to go after them we've got to make sure that we we change the game here it's up to us to go make a difference and i wonder what what was said at half time you know, to, to, to make us come out so early. And like I said, Leon Bailey getting a shot away eight seconds in, scoring the goal four minutes into the second half. Just saying, you're in control of this game. You know, it's a lucky deflected goal. It's about us here. You've, we got time um, intensity from, from the off. Once the whistle goes in the second half, we will make it 3-1 and we'll win. And having that confidence and belief in yourself to control the game and go, yeah, it's Man United, but we're at home, we're winning. I wonder what was said and, and how much of an impact that will have on, on Villa going forward from a, a mental Point of view to have that belief in themselves.
0: It's remarkable within the short time frame to have done that. Yeah, if you yeah. imagine, you know, I think the bits that I've seen of him his English looks sounds sounds good, uh, and I think he'll be able more than able to communicate in English. But if he's been how had to get his ideas over that quickly. And I think I've seen a couple of interviews that the Villa players have given saying that he hasn't had one one to one time with them yet. He's only mm. really spoken to them as a group. Um, I think it's. I think it's it's really encouraging. Let's not forget, Dan, that effectively the squad of players that he was picking from today uh, is the squad of players that got battered at Fulham mm. and self-destructed a couple of weeks ago, the squad of players that, you know, were undone too easily in the second half at Newcastle. Mm. So the thing I've heard a lot from him is talking about confidence. Now, I don't really know... I don't know how you instill confidence i don't know if it just comes or whether it's just arm around the shoulder or i don't know but the set that scene they seem to be confident enough to adapt what he wanted straight mm. away so whether he's he said you just go and play this is on me you know if things go wrong this is on me you just go and play um mm. i don't know but i want to see more of it i want to see more of it i think i think it was just give us give us some give her back up.
1: There was some discussion between Emery and Douglas Louise on the pitch, and then Douglas Luiz went off to speak to Matty Cash. I wonder whether Douglas Luiz is acting a bit of a translator. Yeah. Uh, obviously Martinez is captain who he knows and, and could speak Spanish as well. Um but his English is is good. He's on the pitch he, in the training videos and stuff we've seen. He's clearly talking to the players. It's not like he's got a translator on his shoulder, having to to get things across, and he might need that in team meetings or whatever, perhaps we'll, we'll probably never know. But his English is is plenty good enough to to be able to get his points across. I, I would say from what we've seen so far, and kind of seen a lot about the kind of language barrier and stuff over the last few days. And we made the good evening joke on on the first podcast we did when he was announced, and I immediately went. That was a joke. Right, I'm not going to go into that. There's not something I want to to be to be doing on a regular basis, and I've not seen much of that from Villa fans really. Something about, like Sky said about giving them the respect he needs and don't nick out of his accent and stuff like this. It's like, yeah, we understand all that. Like his his English is far better than my Spanish, and his French and his Basque and his Russian or whatever else he can speak is far better than anything I can do. Um, but if you put all that to one side for a sec, it is about how he communicates as a football person to his football players. And it seems that after four days, he's managed to get across his his, his, his you know reasons and his beliefs to the point of ending a 27-year winless winless streak against Man United. So now, let's be patient with him. Let's see where he can take us. So if he can do that after a week or less than a week of being in charge, it does kind of feel like if you're patient with Emery and you let him kind of have control of the club to a certain extent, he will be successful. I know it's a very kind of easy thing to say. oh, This manager will be successful and just kind of pin all your hopes on that one thing, but from a player's point of view if you listen to this guy and take on board what he's telling you he's so meticulous with detail you should improve as a player and you should get results off the back of that so you talking about instilling confidence they can now just go back to this game and today and go look what you did there on the first yeah. game we had after four training sessions if we could yeah. do it then a year down the line we can do this and you can bring his players into to implement that style as well so you know talking about kind of the long term of who and i ring getting the, the long-term deal and it's the longest contract we've given to a manager since Remy Gard. And obviously, that didn't go exactly well. So, the announcement actually for Remy Gard sounded like he's one of the most highly rated coaches in Europe or something. I was like, oh, okay. <coughs> just on
0: but, what you're saying, just what you're saying about Unai, And we only see the bits <laughs> that we're allowed to see through yeah. with our own eyes on a match day, but we see the bits that Villa release through the socials and through, through the club website and stuff. Uh, so, I'm basing this on a very narrow kind of view of him, I suppose. But he does seem likable. He does seem like yeah, the kind yeah. of person who you, you trust and who you'd want to, you'd I'm saying, run through brick walls for. But you'd want you'd want to work with. You want to learn from. You'd want to mm. see what what has brought him this success before. Um, so yeah, I'm um, I'm all aboard the UNI train. Mm.
1: Yeah, I fully agree. I feel like if you give him time and you give him three or four seasons, he will do something. He will get us into Europe. He will win a trophy. It feels like it's kind of that's his goal that eventually he will do that.
0: Yeah, um, I reckon we tell him that the um, I reckon we tell him that the, the league cup match on Thursday, I reckon we tell him it's Europa League uh, <laughs> all the way through the competition, and we just say, Yeah, yeah. we've drawn a lot of home, team, to be honest.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just on his kind of you know, we've talked a lot about there about his language and his tactics and stuff, just on his in game management as well today, obviously. About- uh, a difference to, first of all, to Ten Hag, who probably stood in the, the Man United you know, dugout for about three minutes throughout the entire game. And also, obviously, Steven Gerrard, his predecessor. We, again, we talked a lot about kind of being a lot of shots of him on Sky, being sat slumped in his seat, and we're just wondering, does he know how to change this? Does he get involved or not? A lot of training videos of him not really being involved on the sidelines while Michael Bill or whoever takes the session. Then Unai Emery comes in, and we've seen him lead a training session, ping balls around, get involved, be, be part of that and then join the game itself, be on the touchline for pretty much the entirety of the whole game, pointing, loads of thumbs up. He loves a thumbs up. You know, Henry, shouting, pointing, running, the whole length of his technical area. And the one moment that, that kind of stands out and there'll be loads of moments that people have noticed throughout the game as well, there was the kind of counter-attack that hit the ref. So sure. Man United had a bit of a spell of pressure anyway, and we eventually won the ball back and went to go on a bit of a counter, ball hit the ref, big groans, etc. But as soon as we won the ball back, Emery wasn't bothered about any of that. He was straight, running down, well out of his technical area, a few yards out of it, near near where I kind of see it. And he's fuming at, at Kamara and Ings and whoever else were down there to get them on. He wasn't even watching any of that, that counter-attack when the ball hit the ref. He was yeah. too focused already thinking, right, we've had a bit of pressure there. I need to make a change. And yeah. that in-game management to go, right, Kamara, he's going to come on and sit much deeper. Dendonka or McGinn can push forward a little bit. McGinn can come on as a bit of a 10. He can still offer a bit of a threat, but he can come back as well. Um, and there'll be other occasions that people will have noticed that he was, he was really vocal with a particular player or always had an eye on, on the dugout. Didn't have that from Gerald. Didn't have that kind of in-game management to to be proactive and think, right, I've got to make a change before something happens. It was always, yeah oh, I've scored. Now I'll do something about it.
0: Yeah, I think it's a couple of things for me. I think I put the mismatch on social media this day that I don't think we should fall into the trap of saying everything Gerard was appalling and everything Emery is brilliant. You know, like Mm. he's got a better centre part in and his teeth are (laughs) shinier and his whistle's louder on the training ground and stuff like that. Because I think this guy's got enough, he's high enough calibre for us just to look at the complete package. I think we can judge him. I would judge him more on what he's done for that game in the second half of that game, like you say, spotting dangers, spotting spotting threats before they become threats. You know, he's used all five of his substitutes. um, And, you know, it looked like Dendonka was tiring towards the end. So he's put Sanson on and He's just been, he's just been quite clever. Um, So, I don't know. I I just, (laughs) we're going to have to wait until probably the end of January before we can do this as a proper sample of what he's mm. all about. So you'll have, to forgive oh, boy, us you, you'll have to forgive us if we're getting too excited about what we've just mm. seen. But we can only judge it on that so mm. far. Uh, and so far, so far, so good.
1: Well, this podcasts are always post-match debrief. It's about the 90 minutes we've just seen. It's about today. And obviously, it's, it's one game for him, so that's all we can react off. And I hope we're saying similar things about him in, in six months' time and 12 months' time. And, and it doesn't always go pear-shaped. And we go, oh what happened when we beat United? It was all going so well. What, what happened to Unai Emery? But yeah, like I said, it feels like, and again, lots of clubs and lots of fans will say this about new appointments. If we give him time, this guy will get it right. But he's done it before. He's got the experience. So it should work out. Like on paper, football isn't playing on paper. Unai Emery should be able to bring success to a mid-table football side because he's done it before on a, on a couple of occasions in Spain. He's well at Arsenal as well. Firework's can going I off, th- by the way. Can I just um, have a moment
0: about um, this fella who's in our row? At the top of the chip, yeah, don't, yeah. don't care if he watches it. Uh <laughs> he always, and I can understand it most of the times. We're normally losing and everybody's flat as anything. He always leaves before the end and he left. We got six minutes of injury time. He left even before the final whistle. And I'm thinking, we've not beaten these for 27 mm. years at Villa Park in the league. This is our new manager. Villa Park's absolutely bouncing. Mm. We're playing well. We deserve to we deserve to to win it. Don't you just want to stay for a little bit of the acclaim at the end? Unless he thought it was gonna go, you know, go pear shaped. And I just I think, listen, I don't like traffic. I'm not a fan of traffic. I'd park 20 minutes away from the park so I don't get don't get stuck in traffic. But surely you've got to stay for the end of that. And I just it made me think, does he even know that the kind of the, the boat hit the iceberg in Titanic? Did he stay <laughs> that long? You know, does he know how it unravels at the individual suspects? Because he's
1: No spoilers, he's I've a, never seen it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well ask him mate because he won't but he won't give me any spoilers because he ain't seen the end of it either and i'm just thinking i don't know if it was just a one-off he might have had, had an emergency to dash to or whatever but he does it all the time just thinking yeah is there no if joy is there no shared joy in that moment where we actually celebrate the final whistle because we've actually achieved something as a collective
1: yeah that was interesting as well emery straight down the tunnel which you I might thought was a. got a
0: lift on with that fella.
1: Yeah, yeah might be, Yeah, I thought that was a little bit a little did bit he, strange.
0: did you do? Because we moaned about Gerald for going. Oh, this
1: start. was it. Yeah, I, can't, I mean, I've seen Gerard stay out longer after after a defeat, which say, says it all. Um, but then we straight down. Handshakes with then with Ten Hag, maybe a little ripple, uh, and then straight yeah. down. Few handshakes and stuff down by the tunnel, and he was gone. Yeah. And that was it. Um, which again, I was you probably... trying to
0: get a photo with me this is, this is a sad Villa fan I mean, we've not won a trophy we beat Man United at Villa Park <laughs> I want a photo with me kids who well they'll have kids race. the next
1: time we beat them so it's worth taking a photo you be a granddad yeah. the next time we do um, yeah. but yeah I just thought it was semi-interesting and again I've, I've talked about the pre-match press conference at the start of this and I suppose this is a good way to kind of shoehorn it in kind of the fanfare that's come with Unai Emery. And your thoughts on that? Because when it was Stephen Gerrard, it was, you know, big name, ex-player, there was a lot of kind of national media attention on it because of who he was. There was a lot of this Perslow-Gerrard narrative. Oh, you know, well, I know him, but we don't go to the cinema together, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we probably all got carried away with that to a certain extent. Did did a decent job at Rangers, come down, new Premier League manager, shiny, exciting, let's see what happens. And as much as Emery's there's been a lot of kind of like social media love for him from Villa fans I don't know whether there's been much national media interest in him you know, coming back apart from the oh it's the guy that was at Arsenal after Wenger he's back everyone kind of like let's see what he does this time um it's definitely positivity amongst the Villa fan base but kind of the external fanfare that comes with it and then the stuff that Villa have put out as well in comparison to to the early days of Steven Gerrard that I don't know whether this is work permit issues but he's kind of Announced, but then we don't really see any pictures or video of him for ages. And then we get an iPhone picture of Nasif and, and Wes taken at some point, uh, and that just gets on social media. Then there's an interview a couple of days later, and a press conference a couple of days later. It's a bit of a training video, but still not a great deal. Even the unveiling press conference only lasted about I don't know, six or seven or eight minutes or something. It wasn't this huge deal. Um, and then today, yeah, the the pre match stuff of him coming out is kind of muted to a certain extent because of the the armistice day stuff as well. And then he straight down this one at full time, and it's kind of like it's a big kind of deal, big deal appointment. But the kind of fanfare around it hasn't really been as big as I might have expected it to be. I don't know where yeah, it's the kind of lessons that. learned.
0: I don't mind the way that it's been. <sighs> he's been unveiled and announced and introduced to us in little installments, So I don't mind that. I'm not sure the press conference was that different to the Gerard one, really. I mean, you'd still got, still got Perslow and, and, and Johan Lange, 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 Lange. Um, uh-huh. and the manager there, you know, he's not, Perslow's not going to suddenly, Villa wouldn't entertain questions where, where you're asking them about in that environment about Gerard and what went wrong. And if I'm being honest, like the evil journalist in me would want to use that opportunity to ask questions and to try and find out and to quiz the hierarchy about what what did go wrong. But equally, I don't think that's very respectful for, for Eli Emery in that situation. Mm-hmm. This is his, his unveiling, you know what I mean? Why should he be hijacked with, with that, basically? So... Yeah, I don't. I like the fact that it was a, a little natural photo with with Sawiris and um, and Emery. Uh,
1: I like so- it because again, I've said before, I want, I want I want to see action on the football pitch before I get carried <laughs> away. So I don't need a twenty five minute sit down interview and, and a million press photos and. You know, being all over Sky Sports and stuff, I'd rather us do what we've done today. Be kind of go a little bit under the radar. The game wasn't on TVs. today and we've beat Man United uh, and we've kind of let the football do the talking. Uh, I'm not seeing anything from Emer- Emery Post back apart from one quote which says, Oh, just gone off my phone, but something like, I'm proud to be here and I'm glad we've beat Man United. Oh, I'm a privileged man to be here and to win against them, is the quote Villa tweeted with the video, which obviously I can't watch just yet. Um, so again, I like that. For- I like the well, low-key element of it. I don't. I don't need flashy fanfare, big name, sexy Stephen Gerrard appointment. I, I want proven football manager to win games before before anything else.
0: Yeah, he's probably getting his practice in for when it doesn't go so well. Disparaging yeah. the yeah. He said, "Well, listen, you can't knock me. I used to play. Like, <laughs> I never used to do <laughs> it." At right yeah. the have the when I'm, when we won. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, oh, you, oh, you mentioned about the thing. I uh, think not-
0: stuff on the way in and.
1: Yeah, yeah. You mentioned the Gerald thing, and it's not the opportunity to ask it, but I did find it semi amusing that that kind of sat there going, "This is our biggest appointment since we got promoted." And it's like, well, the last one was pretty big as well. and We got that one yeah, wrong, so let's it's kind it's of almost, acknowledge that yeah, to a certain probably, extent. Maybe,
0: you're yeah. Kind of laying it on thick like that, almost kind of trying to completely brush over the fact that got the got the last one spectacularly wrong. I thought he looked a bit nervous. I did. I think I think he ended up calling the the Kelowna Weds wed seasons. I think he stumbled <laughs> over his... I'm yeah, always. do, my do way. Uh, I just thought he looked a little bit uncomfortable and nervous, um, but you know, it doesn't got... matter. I, I, I don't,
1: don't really know why I brought way. it up. It's just we've not spoken about it on the podcast. I thought we should touch on it, but we've had a game since then. that We've won, so let's let's move on from the presser and let's move away from the game as well because I think we've probably talked about everything in the game that we wanted to. Unless there anything else you've? There's just another thing that,
0: that annoyed me, and this was before the the game, and I think I must be turning to. Um, an old, an old prude or something. But I had to meet a fellow I know, a Villa fan, and I, I met him by the, um, by the McGregor statue, and it was hammering down a rain so everybody was hiding under whatever shelter they they could do. But this was about half past one, half an hour before the game. But just seeing the McGregor statue, the plinth of that statue turn into a rubbish bin. There's all oh. like kind of empty cans and plastic pint pots and all these kind of things. And I just think, I know it's raining. I know people aren't going to go searching far and wide for a bin. But is it not a bin? I probably should have looked they've myself. Got those,
1: they've got those big like industrial bins by the, the dugouts by McGregor thanks that's where i go in. So put your rubbish in the bin.
0: Yeah, so I just found found it looked a bit just a bit cheap and nasty and think we should treat treat things, treat our property with a bit more respect
1: than that. But yeah anyway I don't really I want it to and a stuff of an old there. There's bins everywhere, put your rubbish in the bin or we'll take it home and put it in the bin. Um let's talk about the badge quickly. Two new badges released this week. Um, I think it was supposed to come a little bit earlier and then Stephen Gerrard was sacked and it probably wasn't the right time, to be honest. Yeah. Um, we talked about this kind of stuff a little bit before with like, the new stand and stuff, and I've always kind of poo-pooed it a little bit and gone, look, I want to win football games. I don't really care about a new stand. I don't really care about a new badge, new kids, training, range, whatever. Win some football games. That's all I'm really bothered about. But we have got to vote now on this round, round badge or uh, the lamb badge. Sure. What?
0: I'm not going to vote right now,
1: have I? you haven't got it right this second, but fans have got to vote. Is, I mean, a is it deadline for it? This Wednesday, I think it is. Yeah. I'm sure okay. it's Wednesday. So there's this round badge and the lamp badge. There's a lot of talk about the lamp badge before it was announced. It's a shield. It doesn't really look anything like a lamp. So that was it's marketing speak, isn't it? Um, and about the, the lion being the opposite way around because it's the lion before was looking backwards when we, we want to move in the right direction. So the lion's got to face forwards now. Oh, I just don't care, to be honest, about the badge. It's a, It'll be the round one because everyone's asked for a round badge for years and it, the round badge is better than the the Shield badge. But I'm not convinced either of them are any better than some of the social media ones I saw knocked up by supporters, to be honest. So I don't really know who's voted on getting it to these two, but like, I would like some tweaks on these two before I voted on either of these two, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you think about it? Do you care? Do you want, like the round one? Do you like the, the lamp one? Or are you not bothered at all?
0: I just think it's an impossible job, isn't it? It's an impossible job. How do you find something that pleases forty thousand match going fans and half a million, a million, whatever, whatever we want to claim, however claim however big we want to claim Villa are? How do you please all those people? you don't do
1: you know we could just you and me were sample size if you could say shield and i could say round and that's you and me versus you know one v one so you're never going to please everybody the vast majority around
0: the dad and the lads sitting next to me the dad's voting for one and the lads voting for the other so it's just cancelling out each other's vote anyway Mm. um yeah i've seen all the stuff that the the shield one people saying the shield one looks a little bit pro evo or looks a little Mm. bit mls and the round one you know, is it dynamic enough? Does it does it? Does a bit it like and all these all these kind of things. I don't know. I think Villa have tried they've tried to make this democratic, but tried to make a process democratic that can't really be democratic. Mm. So, you know, should it have been a case where they should have almost sounds a bit like a blue blue Peter badge competition or a it's a program called um heartbeat where you used to send in your own artwork and then show it on the gallery. Should it have been a case? We have seen lots of really good examples on social media. Should it have been a bit of case? Been bad ask, ones as well. <laughs> ask people to fire in theirs, you know, shortlist it to mm. six or 10 and then go from there and then, then, then recruit the external graphic mm. design firm to actually kind of polish, polish at that stage. Um, but I don't know. I think they're damned if they do, and they're, and they're damned if they don't. And I suppose if they uh, if they got a, a fan contributing the winning design, they'll have to pay them millions of pounds worth of royalties for the for the next however many years. Um, so I don't mind. I don't mind.
1: What, what do you think about the line being the opposite way around? That seems a big talking point amongst amongst supporters, that it's the opposite to what it should be, and it, it looks like it's been flipped and stuff. Again, I don't care. I think it looks nah. odd.
0: I think it looks a bit like change for change's sake. I know they've explained it with this marketing spiel. You know, we're a forward looking club and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, I saw, um, I was nosing into a, a Twitter thread that you, that you contributed to the other day with the, the guy you got on. Is it Rob? Is it Rob Hardy? Who's the, no, what's his name? Who's the guy who's know. the show designer?
1: Oh, uh, Rob Warner.
0: Rob Warner. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Rob. Uh, Saying he'd have liked to see just the kind of um, embroidered on the shirt, and if somebody did an example of it, and it looked, mm. it looked pretty good. Um, but they
1: could still do stuff like that, couldn't they? Uh, this is yeah. why well, I'm not really that bothered about it because whatever you have, you could go, Well, this season, we'll just grab the line. It's a special 150 year anniversary. We've got the line with AV underneath it, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so ugh, I'm not massively bothered. Like, either of those badges are fine. If they'd have done one like, you know, remember when Leeds tried to do that badge a few years yeah. ago. If it's something like that, fine, go crazy about it because it's terrible and that they U turned on that didn't matter, it never went ahead. Um, but if it, either of those badges are absolutely fine, the one now is whatever. Again, do I really care? Not really. I feel like the, the ones that they've offered, because like, there isn't much claret on this one, is the, no. the one we've got currently? Yeah, so mean, no, there's basically the no yellow one. on the new ones either. And Mate. I wonder whether they would have looked more natural with a yellow line still. But again, not that bothered. I, said, I
0: said the other day, the true judge is how would it look on a, an old man's leg, on an old <laughs> man's calf? What would the badge look like in faded, faded tattoo ink in 30 years? And that's how you should decide for me. It's a lot like
1: shirts, it. isn't it? When a new shirt comes out and you kind of pick it apart and go, I'm not sure about this, not sure about that. And then you play a few games and it's it's done. Once we change the badge, it'll be done and that'll be that. Once it's plastered all over the, the burger wrappers and the stadium and the kits and the I don't know, key rings or whatever, you'll go, oh yeah, that's the Villa Badge. And it'll be that and whatever we do under the new badge is what you'll associate it with. If we get relegated, you'll go, oh, that was the badge when we got relegated. Well, we it. trophy. It'll be the badge that we won a trophy with and it'll be the new nineteen eighty two one. So exactly. We'll see what happens on the pitch.
0: Like I said, it's just impossible to please all, please every single Villa fan anyway. I mean there's some people out there who don't find my dad dad jokes hilarious.
1: Oh unbelievable. So, do you I mean, know? Like, like when you talk talking about voting for it as well, I feel like I and mean, this would be impractical, but it almost needs like every element to be voted on as well. Which line do we have? Which way does he face? What colour is it? Do we have AV? Is it AVFC? Is it Aston Villa FC? Do we have the date? Do we have the star? Is the star in the badge? Is it out the badge? Like, you've got to vote on all those elements before you well, get to no, the stage. Just get
0: Paul McGrath to choose it. And then they can yeah. say, this is what Paul McGrath said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How can we argue?
1: Let's you get it on. Let's pick it. You know, everything I am, Emery pick stands to gold at the moment. So let him do it instead. Um... I think that's it. I said we mentioned the badge just for the sake of mentioning it. I'm personally not that bothered. I like both, but I think it'll be round and I think round is marginally better. Um, but yeah. Just just on who
0: I don't know why. I haven't quite got it fully formed yet, but I think there's a kind of common Eileen chat around him. hmm you know,
1: like, do
0: you know what? you want una, to give us that? Una, 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 yeah. Oh, interesting. Dun, I, thought dun, 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 I, I thought the last bit would be Emery. Unai, do, right? Come on, do not to do, come on, do night to do. But I, I can't get. Come on, Emery. Just he's just been going around my head and I can't quite fully form it. So, if anybody wants to write the verse. <laughs> Uh, and sing it back to us. We'll, we'll try I to think you that. could
1: have Unai, 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 Emory Instead of Unai, Emory yeah. should be the last bit of that, I think. Um,
0: and Dex's Midnight Run is a local band as well. So, you know, if anybody wants to go away and uh, work it up for us, I'm, I'm going to Old Trafford on Thursday night, so I'll gladly sing it. I'll gladly get it started on yeah, my own. One. <laughs> yeah. Anyway,
1: um, yeah. That's the end of the show. I, I think um, I'll be heading back shortly. And I mean, three, three massive Ws for me, by the way, today. First of all, I had a lovely hot dog at Villa Park, which we, which we really got to put a picture on social media. We used to have a burger and stuff at, at Villa in the, in the burger vans outside, but we have discovered these footlong hot dogs now that are, they're better than the burgers. So I had one of those. Obviously Villa won, second big W of the day. Um, thoroughly enjoyable day so far. Hot dog, Villa winning, Man United, perfect day get back home I've seen my parents doing the podcast so i've been dropping some equipment off here for something else and uh my partner texts me and says what about chinese tonight she doesn't oh. know about the hot dog so i probably shouldn't really have a hot dog and our chinese but three big w's in the day there chinese when i get back after villa See, I'm,
0: all, I'm all over the hot dog i'm all yeah. over the villa win i'm not a massive chinese
1: really fan. yeah really? that surprises me
0: I went. I've never really been a master, a, a, a connoisseur of the kind of sweet and sour. And I think when we went to Hong Kong with Villa in when was it two thousand and eleven? Two thousand and eleven. We went to a restaurant. Have you ever, have we ever shown it yet? And it was like the chicken's head.
1: Oh yes, yeah. You sent me a picture once. Yeah.
0: Yes, I think that might have put me off. Um, I've got lamb shank. I think is that what you got tonight? Lamb shank tonight. Yeah. So. Um, mm. Can I just give a quick shout-out to somebody who not only um, accosted me and said nice things about you, but about me. <laughs> but he accused you of being miserable. He said you're too um, miserable. Uh, so the fella yeah. was a was a Victor Meldrew. No, his name was <laughs> – what was his name? John Reedshaw, I think he said. and I think he said he was from Yorkshire, but I needed a wee at the time, so I didn't really uh, chat for very long. But I think it was John Reedshaw, John Redshaw from Yorkshire. So I have told him that I'll try and – Cheer you up, and thankfully Unai Emery's done the done the trick anyway. So I hope John Steve are both smiling today.
1: I'd like to think Villa people wouldn't think that whilst Villa are winning because there's no reason to be. But when like Gerrard was on these big losing streaks, people are going, like, "Oh, too negative in the comments." Is like, what do you want me to say? Would you? How positive can I be about Villa being bottom of the table or in the bottom three or whatever? Like, I'm, I've got every right to be annoyed and frustrated by no, that.
0: Don't don't get grumpy. You've just you've finished just three just three say. big dubs. You know, you've had your card you've your <laughs> <Chinese>. <laughs>
1: so someone come up to me and said that they that they love the podcast and they were uh someone else said something about the live show i think they were had missed out on a chance to get a ticket and mcdowell again talked about talked about you and said pass on my regards to matt and the family and asked how you were doing what a man! pass on my regards back to mick as well
0: and we've well, solved that podcast don't
1: we I, I, I won't sell it i won't see him now to boxing day and no home going to boxing days so Unless, unless McDowell's going to get a special guest invite to the live podcast event, which is a possibility. He could do. Um, actually.
0: He could do. Yeah. Actually, you won't see him till Boxing Day, but guess what? Unai Emery, he's a B.O. B.A. Baraka style, isn't he? <laughs>
1: yeah. Hey. yeah. Not, I was going to ask you, actually. How do you feel to now? Oren, is he? Now you've unwrapped Unai Emery and his name's a football game. What is he? And he's B.O. Baraka.
0: He's, he's my Mr. T Doll. He's my Millennium Falcon. He's my first hi fi that I had. He's my first. <laughs> Sony Walkman is probably my first, um, whatever I had, Amstrad, Commodore 64, whatever whatever presents I had I'd actually enjoyed when I was a kid. Not gonna be getting that. carried away, you know, he's all of them, wrapped with a bow. All
1: right, great stuff. Uh, yeah, Claremont Blue Live uh, is sold out for uh, Friday the 18th of November at the Aston Inn. I don't know why I'm plugging it too much because no one else can buy tickets now, so I'm lucky for missing out. But uh, yeah, thanks for everyone for, for selling that out in a couple of days. Um it kind of is a bit more real now. When we first set the tickets live, I was thinking, oh, if we only sell out like ten in the first couple of hours, I'll be a little bit concerned that we're not gonna uh you know, we're gonna turn up there and it'll be like us four my parents, <laughs> the <laughs> wife or whatever. And it was just like, Oh, there's there's ten people we know and that's it. Um are we
0: so gonna drive your all, all the equipment there by the way?
1: Uh that's my plan currently, yes. Oh, is that great. A problem? so
0: I'm not having a drink. Okay.
1: Oh uh, yeah, of course. I never thought well, about that.
0: We'll we we'll take this off
1: here. Okay. Yeah. Don't drink time. and drive. Don't drink and I drive, shan't. kids.
0: I definitely <laughs> you not. Know, Over I might have to get a lift.
1: Yeah, not thought about that. We'll think about that near the time. But yeah, it's real now. It's happening. A live podcast Q and with the hundred and fifty or so fans that'll be there on the night. We've got a raffle with some pretty good prizes as well which have started to arrive now at my house and so thanks to the people that are sending me those uh, raising money for the avsc foundation and acorns as well so we are filming it there's a few people asked that they're kind of like gutted to miss out and we'll, we'll be live streaming or anything um we are filming it it will be on the podcast channel no joshua you can't just turn up because it's a function room it's got a limit there'll be security and stuff so everyone who turns up has a ticket if you turn up without a ticket you will be denied access Sorry to have to be really kind of miserable and negative for whatever John, whoever it was, said how negative I am. If you turn up without a ticket, you cannot come uh, Come in. So that's happening. Uh, less than two weeks to go. Start the preparations for it soon. We'll work out how we're going to get there and get back and get the equipment there. We'll have a chat about that later. Yeah, but Matt, thank you for joining me this evening. as We approach one hour on the post-match debrief of beating Manchester United, where I feel like we've probably not really spoken about Man United that much, to be honest. uh, that's how this podcast usually goes so thanks to the 700 people who've tuned into the show Uh, we appreciate you watching us as always in terms of the next week or so of of content i'm not sure where we go next um we might do one on monday or tuesday um tomorrow or tuesday
0: you're not gonna do one after united on thursday
1: yeah, or the next one. Because it might be like a Man United preview for the cup, maybe, if there's a presser. But I'm not sure because we've just played Man United. So I don't know whether we'll do a preview or not. Yeah. But it'll be Thursday night or Friday morning. We'll talk about Man United. And then we'll talk about Brighton on Sunday night. Uh, which on TV, isn't it? Brighton, I think. So we'll do it Sunday afternoon. Um, and then it will can't move live. So, yeah, that's the outro. That's all the plug and stuff I had to do. Matt, thanks for watching. Uh, thanks for joining me, sorry. Thanks everyone else for watching. And uh do you want to give us one more rendition of that before we go? Yeah,
0: you're gonna join in.
1: Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa.